So, morning everyone. Morning after. It's pretty stormy last night, huh? So, a good number of you are leaving this morning, right? Who's staying? Good number of you are staying. Okay. Good. Oh. So this morning we gathered uh, to speak a little bit about Harinam Prabhu, Nam Mohima, glorify the name, and uh, give the blessing to some students for chanting the holy name under good uh, guidance. Name, of course, is independent, and as much as the name of Krishna is non-different from Krishna, so he can do whatever he likes, but this is how he likes to do it. He likes to reveal himself in full to those who take shelter of him under good uh, guidance. So, part of that guidance is to instruct the devotees that uh, in chanting their offenses to be avoided and uh, without avoiding those one won't get the fruit it's possible that by chanting with offense one will get material progress go to heaven get a good job and so on and so forth it's possible but not mukti and certainly not prem it's possible however by chanting a shadow of the name that one can get mukti without making offense but then again as we are not interested in material acquisition neither in mukti which is very unique uh, amongst the spiritual practitioners. Salvation is not uh, high on our list, it's low on our list. In fact, we put it lower on the list than material acquisition because, at least in the world of material acquisition, we have the opportunity to meet devotees and hear about prayam, prayogen, and pursue that course. Whereas, if we attain mukti, In the sense of merging into the effulgence of the Lord, there's not a lot of devotees out there <laughs> to run into. There's no sense of any other. So that's a great loss from the devotional perspective, which kind of turns the whole uh, kind of Hinduism on its head, so to speak, because as I say, Mukti is such a uh, glorified ideal in many of the traditions. Of course, we have to qualify that by saying that there's a devotional type of mukti that we are not entirely against. But then again, um, it is not the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Therefore, again, the term prem, prayojan, the the prayojan, the goal, is prem, not mukti. We find this to be a unique uh, idea if you will, amongst the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. You don't find this word 
Prem being uh, invoked as the goal. Even other Vaishnav Sampradayas, they're talking about some kind of mukti, devotional mukti. So the Gaudias have really jumped on and embraced this term. And they like, for the most part, to use it in reference, Prem, Preeti, to the Brajlila of Krishna. So this is the ideal. And that will come by Shudhanam, pure name. So we have the Nam Aparad, Nam Abhas, shadow of the name, and Shudhanam. So this in itself is some good insight, instruction. It serves to help us appreciate the fact that without Sambandagyan, without proper conceptual orientation coming from good instruction and good guidance, then even if we are chanting, it will be difficult to um, make progress and attain the goal. So, therefore, the wisdom of Krishna in the way he, in the form of his name, he goes about revealing himself through good guidance. Indeed, it is said that the one of the offenses to the holy name is Gurur Abhagya. Gurur Abhagya means to disregard the Guru. Hmm? So, if we avoid then taking guidance and shelter of a sadhu, hmm? in the name of chanting, how we make progress. We avoid the principle of taking the guidance, which is then to disregard the guru. It's not just that you disobey the guru, but you disregard the principle altogether. That's popular these days. Hmm? We'll disregard the guru and we'll just jump over and go to the other guru or something. who's no longer here in the, in the same sense. Uh, there's a difference between a present acharya and a poor acharya, a previous acharya. The previous acharya also has a presence. Somebody wrote to me recently and said, I have a quick question for you. Is Prabhupada in his murti? Because we made a murti or deity of Prabhupada, and in some temples uh, and there's a, the deity of Prabhupada. So the... It's, it's not uncommon that after a sadhu, a saint passes, then a deity form will be made and that will be venerated, worshipped, and so forth. So I said the de- he said the deity is, Prabhupada's there in the deity, right? It's not just a statue, right? Prabhupada's there. So then, uh, why can't he give initiation? <laughs> So I haven't replied. I guess I could tell him, well, why don't you ask the deity? <laughs> why don't you ask him, see if he gives it to you? But it should be visible that everybody else will see that he's doing it <laughs> at the same time. So, yes, there's the presence of the previous Acharya and so many other previous Acharyas, a certain type of presence. And then there's the present Acharya, and the previous Acharya honors the system called the Guru Parampara. So this is all part of Guru Abhagya, disregarding the Guru. Hmm? This should be very much avoided. There will be no real progress, no fruit from chanting if we um, 
commit this offense, so that should be avoided. Let's go through them briefly then. Then there's the offense of the Vaishnav, so there are gurus. Guru is a Vaishnav too, but there, there are other Vaishnavas who may not be my guru, I should avoid offending them. Should never have any malice towards guru, towards other Vaishnavas. We should respect all Vaishnavas, although we may have to keep some distance from some in order to respect them, because they may not all always conduct themselves in ways that are exemplary, that we can benefit from, so we'll have to keep a distance from them, and then they won't, that won't get in our face, and we'll still be able to respect them to some extent. Of course, those that do set a good example, we want to get close to them, spend time with them, associate with them, take advantage of their example and instruction and so forth. So to offend a Vaishnav, this is like to bite the hand that feeds us. Not a good idea. And then um, also the name of Krishna, of course, is unique. There are many names of God, um, but they're not all the same. Hmm? So we shouldn't consider the name of Krishna to be the same as uh, the names of various representations of Krishna in the universal order. Hmm? In Vedanta, we tend to personify the powers of nature and posit appropriately so, consciousness behind them, as there's consciousness behind our body, which, a mi- which is a microcosm of the entirety of, of the cosmos and, and nature, and there's consciousness behind it, which gives it life and meaning and so forth, so behind the whole affair, and um, behind different aspects of nature. So Hinduism is full of the veneration of nature, but um, largely by way of venerating the power, if you will, of consciousness be- behind nature as well. So it's a little different, than, quite different than than uh, mere mere uh, animism. Mm-hmm. So gods and the goddesses, we have lots of them, and uh, they're not all the same. So to invoke the name of Devi is not the same as invoking the name of Krishna or to invoke the name of Brahma and so forth. But then again, what to do? People now, Kirtan is very popular, so there's Shiva Kirtan and Devi Kirtan and so on and so forth. Hmm? So we can also look at these Kirtans in another way, and the names of the gods and goddesses. In one sense, they're all names of Krishna. They all, Shiva means auspicious. Krishna is also auspicious. Hmm? So there's a way to look at, uh, to uh, to chant all the names and see them as equal as Krishna. But, <laughs> but we're taught in terms of namaparad, not to think that those that personify the powers behind nature and so forth to be equal in their in divinity in, to as Krishna. Krishna can be still prem. Hmm? Um, Shiva doesn't give prem. Brahma doesn't give prem. Indra doesn't give prem, and so forth. We respect them highly. Hmm? Uh, as much as we respect the rain, Indra, the sun, Surya, and so on, and so in the whole of the creation, Brahma, this is the idea. Um, that's one thing, but they don't give prema, and this is our ideal, so we don't, and therefore, consider the name of Krishna to be the same as the name of the gods and goddesses. 
And then uh, we don't, uh, we high, held, hold, hold in high regard the, the, uh, the uh, idea of revelation. Revelation is, in a general sense, the way of arriving at comprehensive knowing that is, is beyond our grasp. The finite cannot know the infinite, but if the infinite chooses to reveal itself to the finite, because it has infinite power, such an impossibility for the finite to know the infinite becomes possible. So this is the basic idea of the revelation, that the, the uh, Godhead reaches out to us. Makes it, if God wants us to know about him, then we can know, otherwise not. So the sacred texts are a prominent form then of that revelation. They should be regarded. They talks, they were, uh, many of the principal texts were written down a long time ago, and so they're full of analogies from different times and places and so forth that uh, um, may seem less pertinent to our times, so but Revelation is an ongoing affair. So, and we see that, that uh, um, there's a development from the Gita to the Bhagavatam, to the, and we have then the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Chaitanya Bhagavat is an ongoing thing. So I like to think of it more as a, as a conversation between the Godhead and ourselves, and it's ongoing. And some people speak the language. Hmm? What is the language? It's a language of reason and love combined, because Scripture is kind of putting love into into reason, hmm? and to, to into a, trying to explain it logically, if you will. So persons who can do that, those are the appropriate guides and so forth. We may find from them, even in current times, that. The uh, new scriptures manifest. Certainly, we there's 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 a there's a time lapse between the Chaitanya Bhagavat and the Srimad Bhagavatam of, of thousands of years. So this is, illustrates my point. Hmm? So the principle of revelation we should be acquainted with. It's just not a dusty old book on a shelf that doesn't pertain to us anymore. Hmm? Uh, its essence pertains to us, and that. Essence may be packaged differently and presented slightly differently at different times and places, but if we study it carefully, we'll see there's a common thread throughout. And and um, that way we can discriminate also between what is Scripture and what is not, because the principle I'm speaking about can also be abused, and someone can just make up a new Upanishad. And, uh, it, it, but the idea of the ongoing revelation is that there's some continuity, that the, the same conclusions are kept intact and brought to light with uh, a relevant insight according to time and circumstance. So anyway, these scriptures, this principle of revelation, this should be honored. Uh, it's a, If we are to arrive at perfect knowing, we have to have a perfect means. So this, to fold our hands, that is the perfect means and acknowledge our inability, our finiteness. Hmm. How can how, the task is beyond us to know comprehensively, and and we find that out practically 
as much as we try to be perfectly happy is as much as we try to know perfectly because action is informed by knowledge. So if we have perfect knowledge, we know how to perfectly act and be perfectly happy. And we're perfectly, well, unhappy. <laughs> but we're moving in the direction of happiness with good guidance from revelation and so forth. So to honor that principle, to know perfectly, means to, to know I'm in need. Hmm? Some people say, well, it's okay if you need religion. It's okay, I don't mind. It's kind of a crutch if you need it. But we say the difference between you and our, ourselves is that we, we know that we need it. We acknowledge it and you don't know that you need it. So knowing your necessity is the beginning of, your, of the solution to your, to your need. So then what? Uh, that's how many do we say? One, two, three, four, five. Offense, fifth offense. Uh, we shouldn't uh, give some interpretation to the holy name. Mahaprabhu was uh, approached by one devotee, wanted to give an interpretation of the name. He said, I don't know anything. I can't. The name is, is Sham Sundar, Yashodanandan. He meant to say, the name is non-different from Krishna. Hmm? The one who's suckling the breast of Yashoda, that's what the name means. Hmm? There's no more profound meaning than that. Nam, minatvam nam namino. The name is non-different from the named. But there is one difference between the name and the named that we should acknowledge, and that is that the name is more magnanimous than the named. In other words, we may offend the form, like Brahma. He offended the form of Krishna, but Krishna came to him in the form of his name. Brahma, in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, he offended Krishna personally hmm, by trying to steal his friends and his calves and create some mischief in the Leela. But he took birth as Haridas Thakur and the name came to him. Hmm. And in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, he became the Nam Acharya, the person who is the exemplar of chanting the holy name. So this is a nice example. The name is very, uh, tends to be very generous. Even if we offend the form, the name will come to us and rectify us. So, name, non-different than Krishna, except for this difference. And then what? Um, sixth offense is that we shouldn't uh, think that the various glorifications of the name that are given in the scripture are some type of exaggeration. The implication of this is that there is exaggeration in the scripture. If you do this and that and don't do this, then for this many millions of years, million and eight years, you'll go to this hell and be tortured and so forth. So these are some Puranic uh, license for exaggeration for effect. <laughs> uh, uh, so that... There may be uh, instances of this, but uh, the efficacy of the name, the glory of the name, that uh, should not be considered to be an exaggeration. And the efficacy is, is considerable, so we might you know, tend to think like that. Again, uh, mukti is very difficult to achieve, and it's said just by a shadow of chanting the name, you can get that. How is it possible? Hmm? 
So, uh, of course, then there are examples that uh, our acharyas have given to substantiate all of the glories of the name. So we shouldn't doubt those. We should have faith in the efficacy of nam alone. This is the qualification for treading the path of nam dharma. So then the seventh offense is um, that we should not commit any, any, any sinful activity on the strength of the glories of the name. In other words, okay, I accept the glories of the name. For example, one of them is once chanting the name, one can counteract more sinful activities than one could have performed for more than something like that. That's a pretty big glory, mohima. So we'll think, hey, well, that's a pretty good deal. So I can commit a sin, and then I just chant over here, and I, I kind of balanced out the system. So, so this is then this becomes an offense to the name, and he won't reveal himself to such people who try to beat the system, so to speak. <laughs> no, so that should be avoided. And then the eighth offense is that uh, there are various sacrifices. Chanting the name is a kind of a sacrifice. Japa is uh, among sacrifices, Krishna says in the ninth, cha- tenth chapter of the Gita, I am Japa. And of course we know that, uh, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has been glorified in the Bhagavatam as the uh, um, inaugurator of the Sankirtan Yajna. Yajnai Sankirtana Prayer Yajantihi Sumedasaha. It said those who are have fine theistic intelligence, Sumedasaha, they will worship him by the yagya, yagnai sankirtana, by yagna sankirtan. So, um, as we do here, kirtan, uh, chanting aloud and with others and so forth. So anyway, this is a, this is a kind of a yagya, nam yagya. So that we should not think that the nam yagya is like the ashvamedha yagya, the gomedha yagya, this yagya, that yagya. There are all kinds of sacrifices for all types of effects. Hmm? Most of these sacrifices are for material results. Sacrifice is a big part of the karma marg. Hmm? Sacrifice your material goods. You take some ghee, which is expensive, and you put it in the fire, and then you get a, a new horse or whatever. <laughs> uh, or something like that. So uh, this is largely about material acquisition, and, 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 and you learn kind of real slowly from this, that if you give things, you get things. If you give, you get. Of course, gradually you're supposed to learn that I, if, if I, what can I, what, what, the more I give, the more I get. So, instead of giving my things, I could give myself. Hmm? Entirely. Then you give yourself and you learn gradually that the giving itself is, is the real reward. Right? Love is about giving. So, at any rate, we should not think that the, the sacrifice, the yagya, of chanting the name is equal to these type of sacrifices that largely amount to giving things with the object uh, in mind of getting things. No. It's a different kind of sacrifice. It is a sacrifice of the self entirely, materially and even spiritually. Prem is a, is a complete um, 
selflessness. There is no consideration amongst the Brajabhasis, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, of their self, their self-position, esteem, so on and so forth. Uh, they're ready to do whatever is necessary, even if, it, even if it means to violate the Vedas to please Krishna. This is the idea. So their, their, their sense of self may be blemished and from other considerations, the idea. They don't care about that. So don't consider the chanting of the name. They like those kind of sacrifices. It's of a different category altogether. So that's eight, right? And nine. The ninth offense is that we should not, um, you say, um, give the name to the faithless people. So sometimes in the name of being a guru, a fellow will find out so-and-so, he's got a big bank balance, he's got a big business. If I could make him my disciple, I could have chapatis. This is my 401k plan. Hmm? So I'll compromise and so forth and, uh, and uh, whatever is necessary to get him as my disciple. I like the story of Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj in this connection that I've told before. Babaji Maharaj was living out in the field where people would go and pass stool in India a long time ago. And um, he was there because he, he, he was there and there he would sit and chant because no one would come and bother him. Hmm? with uh, their falsity and pretension and so forth. So this one fellow, he was very wealthy. He had everything going for him. He had a good job, good wife, good family, good <coughs> house. and Socially, he had everything, but he didn't have the guru part in place so that he could play that card in the social circles. But I'm a disciple of so-and-so. <laughs> Just see. So he thought Gorkashore, that's Babaji Marsh, is known as a Siddha Mahatma, so... I'll go seek him out, and he lives out in the field. Um, so I'll ask him for whatever he wants. I'll give him what can he want? A hut, you know. I'll make him a nice hut. So he went. He said, he approached him. He said, Babaji Maharaj, I want to be your disciple, and whatever you ask, whatever you ask, I'm prepared to give. <coughs> and Babaji Maharaj said, There's no problem. You can be my disciple. My only request is that you stay here with me. <laughs> and don't go home. So he ran away from that place. So the, the, the Babaji Marsh was not uh, compromised by the idea, well, I could get a roof over my head here. You know, he, these kind of thoughts are not um, part of such a person's uh, thinking process. So, but there are people that do that in the name of the guru. That's a problem. So... We should see that the required faith is there. Hmm? Faith and faith implies some understanding. Hmm? Faith means faith in the descending process and so forth. So, so this should be avoided. Hmm? And then there, the tenth offense is that one should not maintain material attachment in spite of having heard so many things about the name. In other words. When we chant the name, it'll become apparent to us that we should move on, when we should let go and go forward. And it will come at different stages. It'll be apparent to me, oh, this is what I should let go of. Then we shouldn't hang on to that. We should let go. After we're inviting the name, and he says, okay, I'm here, uh, let go of this. The more you let go of that, the more you make room in your heart for me to come in there. 
because what letting go of the things that we're kind of holding on to in our heart in 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 a, in the sense that we think these things will protect me these things will take care of me hmm? this will maintain me if i let go of this then what will become of me hmm? so Krishna says let it go and i'll come into your heart that much more hmm? so Progressively, as we go along, then it's not hard to make progress. You just have to be sincere, and then you know, I have to go now in this way. Mm-hmm. It will look difficult, but we'd be, the more we do that, we'd be encouraged. We say, yes, this is the way to validate the name. is not different from Krishna. He's there. So be sincere about that. Uh, don't let this make you neurotic now, either. Be sensible. Um, and make progress. <laughs> so, uh, these offenses should be avoided. And um, under good guidance, gradually we can chant the pure name. Bhakti Thakur has theologized in, a, in, in an interesting way about the concept of Nama Bas. He has uh, developed this idea. Um, we find the idea of Baba Bas. Yabas, the shadow of Baba in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So Bhakti Vinotakar has taken the same principle and he said it, it applies to the name. He said it, we, we see it here in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, for example, in relation to Baba, there could be a shadow of Baba. Hmm? Um, and we find in Chaitanya Charitamrita the idea of Vaishnav Prai. Vaishnav Prai means like. He's kind of like a Vaishnav, but not quite. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a shadow of a Vaishnav, same principle, he said. So similarly, there may be a shadow of the name. So this is a... Uh, there, there are different ways to think about and look about this idea of Nam Abhas. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has written quite a bit about it. it in, 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 in his writing, he's detailed different types of Nam Abhas. So, one type is shraddha namabhas. That means, namabhas means somebody without shraddha, without faith, when, when they go, oh, those Hare Krishnas, they're weird. So, that, that's a, like a shadow of the name. That could have an extraordinary effect. It's possible. There are instances in which we've seen that happen. It doesn't happen every instance. People just disappear from the street and get liberated when they say that. <laughs> but it could happen. Hmm? And uh, it's funny as that may seem, there are examples of that hmm? that have been cited in the sacred text. So the possibility is there. Um, but Bhaktivinoda has talked also about Namabhas in terms of it being a stage. Hmm? If Prem is the sun, the full sun, so to speak, the full light, then there may be a dawning of that light, just like in the morning soon here. Before we can see the sun, we'll be able to see one another outside, right? Hmm? So, a shadow kind of, if you will, a, a dim reflection of the sun. It hasn't pers- personally you know, ar- arisen and shown itself. But So, he's talked about Nam in this way. In other words, Shraddha Namabhas, who has Shraddha, faith, and is taking the name and so forth, they may come to this uh, as a stage. They're chanting a semblance of the pure name. They're not making any offense. They're avoiding that. They're sincere. They're making progress. And it's like the 
early dawn. So this is good. Um, and that will then develop into Harinam, into, into, into Shudhanam. So different ways to think about Namabas. Our interest is in in Prem and Shudhanam because Namabas, we don't want to stay there in terms of it being a stage, Shudhanamabas, because that in itself cannot give us Prem, only the pure name. So, so Namaparad, Namabas, and Shudhanam. And Shudhanam means then we understand Krishna to be non-different in his name. The name is... The the, 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 the the theological person, Krishna, becomes a real person hmm? for us. Hmm? As real as, more real than, you know, the other persons in your life. So there's something to look forward to. Right? Hmm? So, so with uh, this uh, short uh, glorification of the name, a mention of basic instructions about chanting, we're going to give initiation then to uh, three devotees, and um, we're going to ask them to chant a certain number of rounds every day. That will be between me and them, uh, and uh, and then uh, we're also going to ask them to avoid certain things that will not uh, help their cultivation of Shudhanam. So these things are mentioned in the Bhagavatam. They they should uh, avoid uh, intoxication and they should make an honest living rather than gambling, which, you know, lends to impiety of all sorts. Uh, So stay away from the casinos. That shouldn't be too hard. Um, And uh, and, uh, then... uh, uh, this um, intoxication, uh, then we have to, um, along with chanting the name, comes being kind to others. Jive doi krishnanam sarva dharma sar. It says, the essence, the sar of dharma is krishnanam and jive doi. Jive doi means to be kind to others, to extend mercy to others. So we apply that in a very basic sense. It should be extended beyond this, but the bottom line is that we shouldn't kill um, animals. So we should be vegetarian. Hmm? A person told us the other day that, that I really would like to get milk from those people, but um, I won't take because they don't kill their cows, and that's very impractical. So just, if I was there, I would have said... Yeah, you're impractical too. There's all these people on death row just taking up taxpayers' money. Why don't we turn them into burgers? It's supposed to be very nutritious. Uh, so somebody, we have to draw the line uh, somewhere. So we're not... Uh, we're, there are other things that we keep... We, we, anyway, <laughs> to foster kindness to others, this is very important. So uh, that... And then um, everyone is... Um, the world is moving around the sexual impulse. So um, our idea here is to get out of the world of, of material attraction, absorption, and so forth. So that should be regulated. No one will disagree with that, right? Um, if you look and see in a society, then they all have some rules about that. You can only go so far with that. You can't just jump on somebody 
in the street on, on the bus, <laughs> you'll be arrested or in the office. So we draw the line somewhere too. That's all. So we should have some blessed union with uh, with another um, another person who will help you in your spiritual life and and uh, keep it at at that. Um, and of course, if it's involved for procreation, that will minimize it also because you know the kids take precedence then, and so on. So, so these things. And then the fifth thing is, don't hoard your money. That is also instructed to uh, in the Bhagavatam, in the same section where these things are mentioned. When Parikshit Maharaj was talking to Kali, personified the personification of Kali Yuga. So, you're, everyone has some disposable income, fun money. That should go for Vaishnavism. Hmm? Should spend that on the deity, on the book publishing, on on making carrot cakes for the, you know, for the Vyasa uh, Puja and so forth. These kind of this is how you should use that. Uh, so those things should be avoided, and um, so that then. We'll call the students forward, and um, we'll give them beads for their around the neck, kuntimala beads to chant on, japamala beads to count on, beads, 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 and <laughs> and um, and a name. Hmm? So, please come forward. So now, how long have you known me? Thirty some years. Thirty some years. Okay. So you've been studying under me for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Thirty years. And are you comfortable with? Uh, my guidance? Absolutely. Okay. Let me come a little closer. Give you these neck beads. So these neck beads, of course, are very important. They help to identify us in public. It's like a dog tag. They know, oh, he belongs over there. If anything happens to you, and they know where to send you. <laughs> And, of course, they also get people to ask, where do you get the beads? You know, you have some opportunity to protect yourself that much further by speaking about Krishna. Very nice. Very handsome. So, okay. Then you have beads here for counting. Bead bag is white, so you keep white bead bag. It means you can, if you're not a monastic, you're a householder, so you can wear whatever color you want. But you keep white means this is this is pure. This is for chanting. This is not about the world. Hmm? 
colors all about the world. <laughs> this is not about the world. So when you put your hand in here, you're leaving the world. Okay? There's a bag. Okay, now you chant, you start with the big bead here, right? Between your thumb and your middle finger all the way around. That's one round. And back the other way is two. Don't cross over the middle bead. Now you tell me how many you chant every day. Okay. That's a good number. And you can always increase, right? As you have more more taste. All right, so I'm going to change your name. And your name is Gubindaram. Gubindaram. Give me your right ear. Okay. Gubindaram ki jai. Okay. Next. So, so how long have you been hearing from me? Um, two years. Two years. Two or three years. Two or three. Okay. And um, and how long have you been worshiping Krishna? Almost seventeen. Seventeen years. Okay. That's good. So you feel confident here? Confident here? Mm-hmm. I feel confident about you too. All right, come forward. Very nice. Okay. Turn this way. <laughs> I need you right here. So. Okay, no, no, no. That's good, good, good. Okay, so same here. Counter beats. Now, we're engaging you in chanting, not counting, right? So, still, however many you chant, you count them. The teaching is, but Kirtaniya Sadahari, always chant, but we'll count, at least chant some, and gradually we get to that stage of always chanting. All right, so tell me how many rounds you chant. Five. Okay, good. And as your taste increases, then you increase the chanting. All right, so your name is Kalachanji Devi. Okay, Kalachanji. 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 He means the new moon. He's the new moon. Forget the old moon. Kalachanji is a big, friendly deity also in, in the town where Kalachanji Dasi lives. So She's been worshipping him for a long time. Okay, next, come. Okay. 
Okay, turn this way a little bit. Yeah, okay, good. So, how long have you been hearing from me? Um, a year and a half, two years. Okay, but how long have you been living here? Um, two or three months. Oh, that's worth a few years in a cell. <laughs> okay, All right, come forward. That's good. Head down. Very nice. Okay, ten. Counting also. How many? You say six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And very good. Okay, my request is that you stay close by as much as possible, okay? Good. Stick close to me. Okay, so your name is Kanupriya. Kanupriya Devi. Okay, Kanupriya. Kanu means uh, beautiful, handsome. It's a nice, beautiful name for Krishna. And Priya means dear. So the dear, handsome one, or the one who's dear to the to Krishna. Mm, you're the servant of that person. Okay? Kanupriya. Yeah. So I ask all the Vaishnavas here to bless the new new initiates. Please, from your heart, right now, just try to give them some blessing. They'll make progress in their spiritual life. And um, we expect to see them all back here as often as possible, if not staying here on a permanent basis. So uh, Audari is for that, for everyone to come and as I say, spend as much time as possible with me and all the devotees here. And um, this is the end then of our Gorpurnim festival. It was very nice to have you. I noticed that despite the weather, your spirits were not dampened. This is the wettest and coldest festival we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but you've all warmed my heart very much by your enthusiasm and participation. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Bhod Premanande. Hare Bhod.